When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We're your Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to DocuSweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Sometimes trashy. Sometimes trashy. Honey, this one is now, I mean, in the books, because this is trashy-washy, and I feel disgusting for having to talk about it. But here we are. At the end of the day, maybe something mildly sweet. Hi. We're I mean, sometimes about- we just get into the weeds with things and then there's regret. And this is one of the ones that we regret. It's because it's just going on and on. And it's like, how do we get out of it? How do we get out of it? I'm going to tell you this right now. I have this very astute and you're going to agree with me. I'm telling you that you're going to agree with me before you. I even say it to you, but it's because how much mm-hmm. I know you and anyone who will listen to this is this. I feel like one of the dumb boys in Pinocchio that got lured into a world where a bad agent and the bad agent is the producers and creator of this docuseries mm-hmm. for luring me into a shit show funhouse mm-hmm. mirror world where mm-hmm. I am being played and I don't like mm-hmm. it and I don't feel good about it and I just want to mm-hmm. leave and I don't know how to fucking get out and at the mm-hmm. same time I'm turning into a goddamn donkey. Mm-hmm. This is the second time you've done this to us Chris so like I don't know if I trust you anymore with choosing these docuseries the second time you've got us into some nonsense where we're like oh what how do we get here is this so. The first, so you're blaming jared on me <laughs> i think jared's you jared was this you. Is, this is the second time i don't know if it's jared but there is another one this is the second time this is the second oh, time jared was you okay that's fine i'll take jared but there was another one that we got into it and we were like Maybe. oh god how do we get into it you're right I don't remember it. I'll find it. I'll accept Jared. If that was me, I'll accept it. I'll take it. I'll take that. And I'll accept um, this. I'll accept this. I, um, I, I'll accept this. Yeah. This. I'll tell I you just, who did it. Jenny told me this. My manager. I took a, I took Hollywood advice from my manager. She said, okay. you got to watch the first season. Jenny's was we'll blame it. Yeah. I took yeah. bad advice. Uh, no, I'm just going to lose <laughs> Jenny. But this is a bad agent in this for sure is... Uh, yeah, it's, it's oh, wow. producers in this because it really wow. does feel like I will say this. Obviously, so at this point, I want you guys to know that the podcast. So when you watch, when I when you listen to first and second episode of se- of season two, your friends Chris and Wahama had not watched the entire thing. But as we're starting to watch it, I Chris start to get mm-hmm. scared that I don't want to comment on anything now until I know as much as I can because of the nature of what I see is happening, which is they are they are darkening corners and they want you to think of something. And at the same time, you're like, no, what you told me is that this person was re-aged in episode one of the new season. We know that her age is this. So we're like, this is a fucking child who everything we know about was put in to live by herself at eight. 
all of that, that's crazy. And yet, as this goes, they want us to keep doubting her. And, and also, we realize there's a lot of the legal analyst character and absolutely no mental health professional ever, ever giving some sort of expert opinion on any of this. So it's now becoming this like really seedy hearsay of this person and that person. And so having said that, we watched all of the season two to try and have as much information before we could even like give you this. And at this point, we can tell you the bad agents are the producers and this is a shit yes. show. Yes, the producers aren't clear on what direction they are going in. They are just attempting to give us every side of it. And the sides that they are giving us are all rotten adults giving commentary and trying to spin a tale as though this child is not a child. So we've got this legal analyst, Beth, whom I like, who is just giving us her opinion based on footage. And then we've got random thoughts from a detective who was once looking out for Natalie or trying to look out for Natalie, maybe in like what, 2014, it's not really sure, clear. And then lots of footage of Michael Barnett who is not someone who we should be hearing from anymore because at this point we already know that he is some kind of acting narcissist. Like he wants to blame Christine for everything. And at this point we are tired of him doing that because we don't feel sorry for him because he is an adult. He was an adult. He is an adult. Now start off this episode, episode three. First of all, this is called The Curious Case of Natalie Grace, season two, episodes three and four. Oh, no. Three is called By Any Means Necessary, and four is called House of Horrors. We start <laughs> off episode three with Michael giving an interview, I think in 2014. I'm not sure. It's so many interviews of, of, of Michael from different times in the like 2010s. Um, telling different stories where he has mutton chops and then no mutton chops and then beards and then no beards, sometimes in a living room, sometimes in an office setting where he is talking to his lawyer or a lawyer or something, someone. Yes, that's the one. He's there's, This is a very grainy thing. They were only getting in season two. We never saw this footage in season one of him. It's the mutton chops, as Wahama said, and he's wearing what looks like a red and blue jersey. It's mm -hmm. like it's like a red and blue jersey look. And he it looks like, uh, you know, like some sort of mediation or some sort of like arbitration where, yeah, it, it, you know, it's not like a court proceeding it's uh in front of a court it feels like in a, Maybe in a deposition office I'm not sure yes yes he's doing sure. yeah okay so and he's acting he, he's doing all the things yeah. that we know him to do he's yeah. consistent he by the way one thing about him i'll say this he's always fucking over the top there's never a part of him where he's a little bit chill like he's always doing the most okay so mm -hmm. i hate this yeah so he is i want to i don't even want to hear you say it okay so he is talking about how he first found out that Natalie Grace was an adult um, and how she was having her period. And so part of that was him saying that when he and Christine um, or how he found out that she was hiding her period and how she was hiding her period was that she was having her period and then she was using her hands to... Um, eat her period and she was eating it and she was like licking her hands and then that's how she that's how she was disposing of the liquid coming out of her body um and so 
he's so rude in this because the whole time he kind of holds his hands out the way Natalia holds her hands out, the way she like does her hands and he's mimicking her physically mimicking her. And, um, just talking about how she was like explaining this thing to her, to, to the, like the family and, or to him. Uh, and Christine is like, I guess making her do so. And it's just really kind of disturbing that this is happening. Um, and, now, then this is told to Natalia. So Natalia's like, that's not what happened at all. Natalia then reiterates her version of what happens. Now, at this point, anytime Natalia is telling her version of what happened, I feel like it's not accurate. Only because I am a person who has a long memory. And it is unfortunate in my life. Because it is very upsetting to me that I have to remember almost in stark detail things that have happened to me in my life. I wish I could forget, right? Because I have a lot of anxiety about things that have happened in the past. Now, to a certain extent, I have to acknowledge that the past things that I remember, especially at like seven, may not be accurate. They may be clouded with the feelings that I had at that time, but they may not be super, super accurate. And mm. so... I'm not saying that what happened didn't happen. I'm saying they maybe not happened the exact way that they happened to her, but she relives this uh, moment in time um, where Christine forced a tampon on her. And I really think that Christine is a monster for this because any parent or most parents, uh, you don't usually give your daughter a tampon when that's like the, the first, first, time. first yeah. thing. The f You don't give a... Because it's hard to explain how to use it. And like, I'm gonna tell you right now, I had to learn that trial and error because I didn't have a good relationship with my mother and she was 100% ever gonna show me how to use a tampon. So like, I had to learn that on my own. And it's hard and it's, it's I, I imagine if you have a parent to show you how to do it, but unless this person gets on their back and shows you how to do it, you know, just showing you, then like, I don't know understand how you would just learn that. So like, she talks about how like, it just, and I'm just like, how do you even get it in? I just drive. I'll tell you how I did it. I'll tell you how I did. I I was raised by a single dad, and my my mom wasn't around. And I remember, I had a friend. My friend Denise. We got a pack of, of tampons, and we went to like Newport Beach, and like the Newport Beach Pier had a bathroom. And I went through the Tampax tampon directions. So I read all about TSS, toxic shock syndrome, and I remember being oh, like. like Mm -hmm. I remember just being like, oh my God. And what they did is they showed you, like they would cut, you know, the diagram of the woman mm -hmm. in half. And so they, you would see, all you would see is a thigh, like a mm -hmm. thigh up the, and then just the tunnel, one tunnel, mm -hmm. not like a butt, like that's why it's confusing. For instance, you never know that you had a butthole in this scenario. Like there's so many holes, but in this one, there's one big hole, which is of course like the vag hole that you're supposed to put the tampon in. But I'm just saying like, for someone like me, I maybe it's just so interesting because I was thank God I knew not to put it in my butthole. Mm -hmm. You know, but <laughs> thank God you did know that, Chris. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, you know, just saying. I mean, I didn't know there was more I than took, one hole either. To my chagrin, I mean, I mean, I mean three holes. Yeah, when someone told me that there was another one, I was like, what? When you yeah. think about the fact that as a woman, there's three holes. As a, as a cisgender woman, there's three holes. Well. Exits. Yeah. There's three exits. Let's just say it is. As a person with vaginas, there's three exits. Mm -hmm. Why do you say they're exits as if some of them aren't entrances? I'm just saying there's three 
just keep moving. There's three things. Okay. I just got confused by I'm the just, exit. Like, okay. Just, All right. Because you made me semantics exit. But I was like, but there's just some entrances. Okay, God bless. I get you what I'm saying. So anyway, yeah, like it's just interesting to think of. Let's move on. So uh, that part I hated. Thank you so much for seeing it all for me and let's move on. So we'll never talk about it again. So by the way, <laughs> then the legal analyst at this part is like. Wait, you're not going to finish telling us how you I'm still, I'm still on the oh, edge of my seat about you and your friend in the uh, public yeah, restroom. I went inside the bathroom at the Newport Beach Pier and I like put it in. And, and I you think just that, did it? And it was fine? Yeah, I think that I'll be honest. When I first put it in, I was like, boy, is this uncomfortable? And then what it yeah. is, it's like, you know, you feel it and you're like, sometimes later, like, oh, well, sometimes you have to put it up there even more, you know, yeah. like if it's, and then that was interesting to know, you know, like, oh, it's because you're not quite up there yet, you know, like, yes. If it was up there more, you wouldn't feel it. But what you're feeling yes. is the fact that your body is squishing the actual thing between my mouth. Yeah, because yeah. I had to realize that it had to be wetter. Like, I think when I put it up there, I wasn't out on the heaviest day of my period. And so it wasn't as slick as I needed it to be to get as far up. And then I had a friend who didn't take the applicator out. And so you can imagine oh. that pain as her. No, I, I don't want it. No, poor thing. Yeah, no. Okay, so thank you for what <laughs> oh my gosh it's okay it's it didn't just, happen to you girl it's okay i can it didn't feel happen it to you i you can just, feel <laughs> i'm too empathetic the problem is i'm too empathetic i'm too sensitive like i can't even obviously the story of her like i can't even listen to the beginning part of like i'll never listen to, never listen to how you describe that first part but i will tell you that even the idea of me being on camera as an adult and then in another person being like hey this is what they said happened in your youth. And I even, even having to watch her be like, no, as she knows what just is being said about her, that to me is too much. All of it was too, I can't eat, I can't even, like the cringe and washed over me. And I was just like, I cannot do this right now. I just can't yeah. do it. I'm very sensitive. Yeah. Okay, Adele. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah, yeah. then law analyst this far is like, look, this is the one time in this six, six episodes, second season of this fucking shit. I'll even get a little personal, but I also have disabled siblings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At this point, I was like, oh, no, it's okay. I don't want to, no. There's two, no, I, I don't mean this, but I don't need you to be a character where you're going to also insert your story and your narrative in this. I was just like, this, ugh, it's a lot of her. It is so but You much know, she only her. said one line. She only said one line, Chris. And the one line Girls. was like, my mother had empathy for my siblings and she loved us all. And so that's what Natalie Grace needed was love no, and empathy. No and shit. she didn't get it. And she didn't get it. And that breaks Even my heart. That's all the woman said. That's all the woman said. If this, so we if, find if out. Season two was short by two episodes and they only made it four episodes. Episodes, it would have been a lot better so oh, her so having better. yeah so i could take i would like where i would edit it i would edit this woman i would edit so much oh two episodes of this woman talking and also obviously not having so much in between but we needed her to be the storyteller because the producers didn't know how to tell a story they That's didn't the fault. i'm i'm yeah. when i say i'm i don't not blaming this woman unless she is executive producer you I hate beth I'm, and i will i'm whatever I beth, wanna... beth there's nothing ignore there she put a lot on her beth was like the narrator of like joseph and the amazing technical dream coat where like she was just supposed to put that all shit together and just like in a high heady british voice but anyway i'm gonna say this it's, it's a different thing that was a theater arts joke this woman was given a lot tasked a lot and i will just say that it would have been a lot better like i said if they had another mental like a health mental health person really also drawing a line of trauma and or how this could be something because it does feel like just hearsay 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 rhetoric rhetoric of this of and i don't necessarily think this one legal analyst has everything right 
I don't feel like anyone has anything right. So if you're going to make me have to sift through all of it, she's not, I mean, this, this woman doesn't even really, I feel like she's never, she's just like having read all the stuff, which I get fine, but yeah, she's a legal know, analyst. She's analyzing oh, this thing through a legal yeah, lens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, but we find out this, this is where we find out that Christine was beating Natalie. Um, yeah, like we find out that this is where it was like beat, 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 and this is like really sad. Beep, 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 yeah. Sorry, that's a song. Toot, toot. Beep, 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 beep. We don't mean to make jokes. This is trigger warning. This is a horrible thing, and we're hating ourselves, so we're just like moving on through this. But like, don't get mad at us. Um. So this is until she goes along with the fact that she's 22 years old. So she had to like dramatically put her through something until we get there. Um, so they then have, have a Christine reenactment actor in this episode, but then have don't have a Christine reenactment actor ever again. So they choose to hire someone to reenact Christine and all of her antics in the kitchen. Because remember from season one, the allegation that she put furniture polish, uh, Natalie put Natalia put furniture polish in Christine's coffee. And it happened a day when everyone was home. Of course, not on a day when no one was home, because it's not like Natalia had plenty of opportunity to do this when Michael was at work and the, and the boys were at school or outside playing or something. No, it happened when everyone was home and she was helping uh, Christine cleaned the kitchen and wiped down the table and she just happened to pour pledge in a cup of coffee, not surreptitiously, just a, a large amount to where Christine took a sip of that coffee and then realized the pledge was in there and then dumped it out. Um, and then it, it, it just, it's really interesting then that Christine goes on a campaign to tell the entire neighborhood that this happened. So it's, it, it just, uh, just so disgusting that it's what happened. I want to say that the reenactment actor they got looks like a mixture of two oranges and new black actresses. One, Taylor Schilling, who of course played Piper. And then she also kind of looks like Taryn Manning, you know? So it's just so interesting. Ooh, yes, Manning. she got- did look like Taryn Manning. Yes. Yes she, yes, she did. So like, that was just like, I saw that. I was like, oh, it looks like those two people. Now here's the thing. So after the pledge incident and Natalie's like, this didn't happen this way. Like she accused me of it. And then she tried to film it. There's a lot of, by the way, this back and forth of people trying to film and catching people that happens the entire series of a different thing. It's like one of the banana parts of this. But anyway, so after this pledge incident, as Wahamid said, she tells this neighbor, and then this is a little confusing. So now we're going to hear this neighbor in a phone call talk about this incident. I don't know which neighbor, I don't know if it's one of the neighbors we know. Like, is this fucking uh, the one that, you know, that weird one no, with the daughter that it's she not knows the neighbor. No, it's not knows the neighbor. It's another Okay, neighbor. right. So that was confusing. I wish they, like, they, okay. So anyway, this is what the neighbor says, pretty much. Christine told me that this happened. And so we go over to her house and then Natalie, I'm sorry, we go over to the house and then I look under Natalia's bed and we find a whole big thing of like strike box of matches, like big matches and rubbing alcohol. And the neighbor is like, and then I asked Natalia, I was like, what are you going to do with this? And that Natalia was like, Learn the house down, and then I was like, "Well, Natalia, that's really dumb of you because you have them short legs, and you won't even be able to get out." And then Natalia was like, "I don't fucking care as long as all of them are dead." And then she was like, "And then Natalia was like, and you too, bitch.' I mean, this is my own dramatic reenactment, but this is like how mm-hmm. crazy it is." So, 
So then we're like, so this entire, so as this is what I'm saying, like the producer's entire aim is to always sensationalize and keep us on our toes instead of like, let's just say any morality of what could be truthful or harmful for someone who seems to be incredibly traumatized. Mm -hmm. So this is where it's like, what is like, this is so fucking dirty. So anyway, but then, I mean, unless they're like straight up, like, we don't even know. So anyway, I mean, it's just whatever. So that's, that's where it's confusing. Uh, then we get to the doctor. So then we have a family doctor enters the scene and all of a sudden there starts to become documentation showing that she is trying to harm, harm the family. And we have the situation where she's holding a knife at the foot of the bed. And Natalia in current time as a 19 year old is like, I can't even hold a knife. I don't even know why I would have had a knife at the foot of the bed. I couldn't even like get see over their bed at that time. I was too small. So how could this be possible? And even if I was holding a knife, I don't have the dexterity to even stab anybody. So uh, where would I have got the matches? Where would I have gotten all of this? So she's fervently denying all of this. And at the time I'm just like, but girl, you were like seven years old. So even if you had done all that, like we are now realizing that you were under a lot of duress. So I'm saying you did not saying, not I'm saying you did, but even if you did, I don't know that you would have been able to do the things that they are alleging that you were trying to do. I think that this is all a response for all of the damage that's being done to you. And you probably figure that this is the only way to, to save yourself. So, and it's, it seems like she talks a lot. I was a, a talkative seven-year-old, eight-year-old, and I could have easily said a bunch of things thinking that I was being smart or whatever, especially if Christine is expecting her to be the smarty pants to sit down and do physics and calculus and is, is goading her and telling her to say all this stuff. So like if we're, if, if I'm saying, okay, let's say all this is true. I still don't blame Natalia as a seven-year-old. I still don't think that she is the bad seed. If you guys have seen that movie, I still don't think that she's the orphan that is dexterous enough to kill this entire family and to hurt the other people. She could barely walk. We see her. So I just, yeah, it just sounds crazy. So the doctor, the family doctor that they've known and Michael had admitted this at this point for 15 years, who oddly enough has taken care of the children and the parents like michael goes to this doctor as well is now just taking the family's word at everything and so we have audio of the doctor admitting that he was biased towards the family and that yeah like yeah i guess i am and so then when they present him did you know that christine went to a dentist and got natalia's uh teeth checked and that it turned out that she was eight years old oh no i didn't know that Okay, did you also know that that Christine had taken her to another doctor and it said that she was 9 to 11 years old? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. That. So you know you you signed a document saying that she was an adult? And he's like, "Uh, yeah, I, I did." So he now feels moated because uh uh an officer calls him and is like, "Hey, uh why'd you do that?" And he's basically just on the power of the Barnetts. And he's like, "Oh, are you going to be is your license going to be taken away?" I mean, that seems odd. like, isn't the, I don't know, God, the medical oath, whatever yeah. it is. And that is absolutely, a thank you. Like, if you are to do no harm, know. he's done harm. 
he has done harm. He is. It's just crazy he, to schizophrenia. Yeah. He said she has. It's yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. The teeth thing is crazy because if there's a, it, it's it's if you have a way to know, then I, I don't know. That's what I say. I don't know at this point how he could, easily he could have gotten those teeth records. But I'm assuming you can. I'm assuming by this point it's 2009. You know, like. I think you can get, I think that the records from the first dentist that show that the baby teeth were still sitting on top of what will later be her adult teeth because she was in fact a baby. I'm assuming those are like gettable, but I don't really know because of HIPAA or whatnot. You know, like, I don't know how people access things like that. It's confusing to me. But one whole thing that is so sad is that we see how easy it is for people to, to be taken advantage of and how there really is no like chain of command in that she even gets re-aged just by the, just by the sure letter of this stupid man and some social worker that also was like, you know, not a doctor, someone, I think that her name is Susan Witten and um, who had also, yeah, she's the one that said that she had schizophrenia. I mean, to me, this conversation with the detective, I was like, is that doctor going to be persecuted? I mean, you know, like not persecuted like Jesus, but you know, what's the word? Prosecuted. I think that it would be up to Natalia to now do this as an adult. And also it depends on the state, right? It depends on how those records are kept, where it's kept. And if there's some kind of database, if I were the doctor, I would do my P's and Q's. And before I sign off saying anything, I would have been like, oh my God, the Barnett's, oh my God, oh my God, mother and father, Barnett, Christine and Michael, I understand. Um, I want to write this letter, but first I know a dentist or I, let me run some tests and then I'll sign this document. I'll write it. Let me just run some tests. And then I write this document. So then I would have just had some test run. I would have called up my my dentist friend, and I would have been like, "Run some tests." And then I'm a, and I'm felt this paper. So before I put my name to anything based on anecdotal evidence from a family, I would have gotten this person checked out so that I can say without a shadow of a doubt, based on the evidence brought before me as a medical professional. This is how I can sign this this document. And so that didn't happen. But maybe in the state of Indiana during the early aughts or the late aughts, you didn't have to. Hopefully I think the laws cra- change. Yeah, I think he's crazy. That's not, that's one of the crazier things. Like, I think that man is the devil. And that conversation, you can tell. I, I think that he negligence is like a really best. bad guy. Yeah, I mean, but really probably a way more. And that's probably not, now I'm thinking like, if you can do that, then who knows what the fuck you're capable of. And who knows what he's done and, and has continued to do. He's, he's probably like, I mean, that's akin to that, that, that one doctor who just sold people's babies, you know, in the fucking sixties anyways. Um, so they get her committed to LaRue hospital. She gets there. And at first she's put into a children's side of the hospital. Once the ink dries on the re-aging, cause she gets re-aged while in LaRue hospital, which is like a patient hospital for people who have mental disorders, um, just on the power of that schizophrenia thing, uh, diagnosis. And so she's in there and she gets re-aged. Nobody tells her she's getting re-aged. Um, so she goes in there and she's been telling people that she's 22 because that's what Christine has, you know, abused her into saying, uh, but she doesn't, I guess, under, she doesn't understand, not I guess, she doesn't, she's eight. She doesn't understand the consequences of said um, thing. And so while she's in there, all of a sudden she goes to the adult side of it. And while she's in there, the nurses and the, you know, orderlies, they say that she's doing sexual things. And when they say the sexual things that she's doing, it is asking people for kisses on the lips 
and dancing on a table. How she got on that table, I don't know. How she stays stable to dance on the table without assistance or a walker or whatever is not clear. And she's asking people to be her boyfriend. Now, if that is sexual, I don't I don't quite understand that. I don't I quite because to me that doesn't feel overtly sexual. That feels like something that a kid who is trying to be sexual might say, but I don't feel like that is overtly sexual to the where they're like, hey, you gotta come get her. She is over here propositioning males and they can't, it's too much, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. it just felt real thin to me. I completely agree, you know, and they keep talking about a three prong process for Christine to get rid of Natalia and the responsibility that she has. And the, in the, in the situations, the conflicts for Christine are a, obviously at first she's so young that they're going to have to have the responsibility of her for the rest of her childhood. And so Christine's like, well, that's why we want to reage her. We want to reage her to 22 so that we have not a responsibility. But then fucking Christine realizes that after that, she also is still on like the hook for her Natalia because Natalia has a disability that prevents her from being able to live by herself. And you are the one that took responsibility for her. So this is another obstacle for Christine. So what happens is Michael says that while Natalia is now in the adult section of this hospital, and yet the hospital has told the Barnett's that there's nothing wrong with her, even though they also say that she's having these issues. So it's very, this is back and fucking forth always. It's murky as fuck. But basically Natalia calls, Michael says that Natalia calls Christine as like, hey, there's some shit in that I'm seeing some needles and shit. And I don't know if I should be seeing what I'm seeing. And Michael said that Christine freaked out and was like, Oh, we have to go get her. We have to go get her because I'm famous. I'm famous. Christine, the most famous Christine bitch. And I have to go like, keep my name, you know, fresh and clean famous Christine by not having a dead or like drugged out or like over, you know, OD'd adopted daughter that I didn't fucking take care of, like whatever Christine has in her mind. Okay. So that's when Christine goes and gets her from the hospital and they are like, you know what we should do? Let's move her into the Westfield apartment. So now in episode three, we go back to the old fucking lady at the Westfield apartments that was like, Natalia was always weird. She would just open my screen door and just come in. Oh, I liked her. There used to be a lot of people in here and we had to wait until there was enough evidence of her being weird, Victor. And then, the, so this woman now is, and she always has been from a different time and place. Okay, she's hand plucked. I mean, I'm just gonna say this. This every person is crazy, and this woman is an, a hand plucked granny from the middle of goddamn nowhere that the producers have found to be on the show. And it's confusing. Let me just ask you this, Wahama. Mm. You had brought up that mm -hmm. this granny knows that Natalie, Natalia, and Michael Knight is was reaged. It almost feels like she refuses to believe it. Like, I don't know how well she was told because she, in her mind, keeps being like, she talked like she was old, you know? She is from the generation of uh, women that hate other women. 
That is what it is. So um, my mother is uh, from, uh, is like uh, akin to that generation where they think of uh, of young girls as Don't being trust. fast. And, um, you know, like the, the, it is the, the uh, like, so she was young, but she talked like an adult. So it doesn't matter how old she is because she talked like an adult, which means she obviously was. <laughs> or like wanted to be so therefore anything that you feel towards her is valid because you're not supposed you you can't you can't like acknowledge the fact that she actually was a kid because she acted like she wasn't so you have to just treat her like how you feel inside and because she was annoying and would open her door and come in and because she bothered her grandsons remember she bothered her grandsons and she made the yeah. grandsons feel uncomfortable like you sometimes kids food. Would, yeah. would, be hungry and get food. would be hungry and get food. And like, you know, then there was a rumor because Natalia was so desperate for anything because she was eight years old living on her own and wasn't taught how to do anything. Um, she was approached by a pedophile. Now we find out. And a man uh, opened his door to her who was naked. And Natalia went into this man's home and there was porn on the television. And he was like, come and sit down and watch with me. And Natalia was like, can we watch something else? And he was like, no, just watch it. And then someone, another neighbor ended up seeing it and like, was like, Natalia, get out of here. To like get her out of that space. And then apparently she was in the laundry room one time and she made another adult male i guess she came on to him and made him feel uncomfortable and so like there's all these like these you know stories circulating about this fast ass eight-year-old dwarf person person with dwarfism and so or or person who is 22 year old is a 22 year old or you know whatnot and so this woman is now now that they've told this woman that she was re-aged this woman has no self-reflection on maybe, oh my gosh, I thought she was just a fast-ass 22-year-old person who was going around doing this. I didn't realize that she was a neglected eight-year-old who had been beaten and, you know, put makeup. Like, I didn't I didn't realize any of this. Now that kind of makes a lot of sense. And wow, this thing happened to her. And, you know, who knows what kind of situations the Barnett put her in, the Barnett's put her in. And like, she was here by herself. And who know? like, wow, I really feel bad that I was annoyed with her for walking in and taking food out of the refrigerator. No, no, no. She doubled down. And she was like, well, I can tell you right now, she spoke like an adult. So <laughs> anything that happened to her was on her. And it's just like, there's just a certain generation of, of women and people, I'm going to say, who will always behave like think like that because you know if she's walking down the street switching she's asking for it it is just there will always be those those people i and she's, I, I get what you're saying that's yeah. it it's weird it, i mean it's it's yeah this part of the this woman coming back and saying this at this point this is where you're like i don't how am i where'd i get myself to like like i said like this is really the the third episode you're like oh my god and again while you're watching this you might be like well i'm the third episode what do i have one more left this is where you look at your your discovery your max whatever you're looking at and be like wow, what's happening and then you click and you realize that there are six episodes of season two and then you fucking curse the producers again okay so at this point natalia you know, like was recounting this a time in the apartments, and then she regales us with this last bit that will end episode three, which is that Christine came over one morning in a manic state. Now, Natalia had woken up and taken 
one of the pills that had been assigned to her, in fact, not one of the pills, her daily dosage of antipsychotic medication that was, you know, um, just prescribed to her for her various things. Okay. And so, and again, this is an eight year old that you're, that is like living by herself and in her one bedroom who were like, get up and take all your medications. Like, yeah. I can't even, I can't even think about that. Like, I, you know, I have nephews that are like on, I don't know, just like, I can't even imagine like having that responsibility anyway. So then Christine comes over and she's like, what? You're still sleeping? Get up, get up. And she's like, did you take your medication? And Chris and that Natalia was like, yep. And she's like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Take out your hand, take out the medication. She puts her medication in her hand. She's like, take your medication. So then Natalia, she said, this is Natalia talking, takes her medication. Christine looks away while Natalia swallows it, looks back and medication's gone. And then she's like, the fuck would you do with your medication? And Natalia's like, I took it. I put it where you thought I, I took it in my mouth and put it away. And then she's like, I don't believe you do it again. Now I'm going to watch it. And so what Natalia is saying is that Christine is basically making her take three doses of her medication all at once. And obviously we know Natalia is not a, a large volume of a person in so that, I mean, I'm sure her dosage has been, you know, made for her, but at the same time, like that's a small body for a bunch of medication to have to happen at one time. She's Natalia says she starts to feel that Christine leaves. She starts to feel dizzy. She starts to, and she blacks out and that she could have died. Yeah. Almost like this, almost like an OD attempt, but like, uh, making it look like an OD attempt and or, Christine trying to kill her in like a very manipulative way. Yep. And that that is the last time that Christine came and saw her at that space. Like Christine only came there one time to see her or something like that. And that was the last time. So um, that's the end of episode three. Let's move on to episode four. And that one is called house of horrors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously. And six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey (sighs) well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer they've changed so you don't have to download the new bumble now hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline so is more like i mean this whole, okay so we start off this one where her and mr mans are sitting at the park across the street from the house that she used to live in with the barnets mm-hmm. and um she's like i wanted to tell the neighbors but i couldn't um and they wouldn't have believed me and she's like crying and it's like too much we didn't need this scene it was unnecessary for as people watching the show we would already know that she's having trauma so it feels like it was like we were watching her be traumatized all over again yep and then natalia wearing a, a cute little 90s um sunflower dress 
she goes and talks with the nosy neighbor and then lays it on real thick to this nosy neighbor. And then the nosy <laughs> neighbor backtracks everything terrible that she said about Natalia from season one. Yes. And she, I don't like, it is not the nosy neighbor's job to have rescued Natalia in any way, because how was she to know? Like, a absolutely. Absolutely. Like, this woman only knows what the parent is saying. And Christine, I mean, yeah, this part is crazy too. I agree. It's like, I, I, the timeline feels like Natalia lived there for a year, maybe a year and a half. So it's not like she'd been there for 10 years and, and knew something was up. It's like Natalia got there, started school, was friends with Gracie, and then... Christine started making up lies with her because she realized that Natalia wasn't smart. I mean, when Natalia wasn't a brilliant kid that she could use and further her career. It's like, I, I mean, I, that's what it feels like. So they got her when she was six or seven. And then by the time she was eight, she was living by herself. So I'm, I'm like, what did you expect from this lady? Like, why didn't you do something? Why didn't you like, why did you just believe her? What was she supposed to do? And then this lady like acquiesced as like, yeah, I should have. I'm like, what? Yeah, I, this lady could have just been I hate to say this but like literally there was like oh it's because this woman said that you were psychotic and were trying to kill your your brothers and so sweetheart as much as I wish now looking back knowing that you were being hurt at the time I didn't and I'm a mother myself I had to take care of my child so not I mean at the same it's like the truth of the matter is no if someone told me that a child friend of my child unfortunately had psychotic tendencies i wouldn't be like you know what gracie let's go figure it out together me and yeah. you why don't you keep hanging out with her tell me what happens and yeah. or listen and mommy and you will see if this is actually true like that's not what happens now i yeah. will say if i had a stink of that there was something happening in that house of course i would like reach out to the uh, school authorities or yeah. you know like child protective services but if christine yeah. is i mean to tell you like no i don't think i agree with you now here's there is thing. no way she's supposed to know that christine is her friend christine is a shining star christine is somebody who is like have has a neighborhood uh uh whatever like a school or whatever like a babysitting yes. whatever christine is like the best neighbor like why would she even think that also it's really embarrassing to have this thing happening in your home so the fact that christine would even go to the neighbor and tell to another mother probably felt like a cry for help. Yes. Because I've lived in a neighborhood all my life. And let me tell you, some neighbors keep secrets to the death. Let me tell you, there was shit happening in houses that you would never even think was going on. And then there was shit happening in houses where, where mothers were running around telling the business. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times when shit was going down, it was embarrassing. You don't run to your neighbors and tell them that your kids are doing things because it's embarrassing. So the fact yes. that Christine was doing that meant to probably to other parents that it was real and she was really scared and she wanted help. So yeah, go ahead. It's just so interesting because I agree with you, but then how quickly the nosy neighbor turns on Christine, just like Michael, everyone's, e I don't know if it's just the easiest thing to do or they're looking back, they didn't know, but she make it seem, she makes it seem like she'll never talk to Christine again, that she was also like weirded out and afraid of Christine. You know, she, they all do the same thing where they're like in the face of Natalia, they're like, uh, it was Christine. She always scared me. You know, it's like, it almost feels like there was a war between two people and everyone this docu-series like 
that actually knew them was was like we didn't know what the fuck to do and so like i don't know it's like it's it's so crazy and the fact that we never get to hear from christine other than of course the beautiful reading that wahamad and i did of yeah. the very long rambling statement that christine yeah. made on her facebook which happened mm -hmm. in episode two of this which um by the way since then her facebook has been um either blocked or deleted yeah yeah um so anyway here we are so Again, it's like that woman has to acquiesce and tell Nat and Natalia. And this scene happens way too long. Like almost because for a moment you're like, okay, women producers, take this energy and go back and, and visit the old lady at the Westfield Apartments and have Natalia be like, bitch, I was young. Why are you saying all this shit? Like if you're going to make this, because this woman never accused you of being sexually inappropriate, but that old haired bitty did. Anyway, God bless yep. you here. Yeah, Natalia um, gets defensive. You took their side. Why didn't you come to me? Why was You're it so two. easy to believe You're them? Two. You were a fucking eight, seven-year-old. Oh, my God. Knows? Could you imagine that scenario? Like a, a mother, fraught mother who's worried about her other kids comes over to you and is like, oh, my God, the daughter we just adopted from the Ukraine is like threatening our kids. And the, and the mother's like, oh, my God. Oh, don't worry. Let me go over there and talk to her. Hey, Natalia, did you threaten to, to, to cut the kids? And what is, at this time, what is Natalia going to say? Yes, I hate them. Because that's what Christine told her to say. I, like, it is just, it, I don't even know. Like, when she said that, I was like, Natalia, girl, you need to get off this lady's porch immediately because you're getting on my nerves. Well, <laughs> you're getting on my nerves. Well, come what happened to get on your nerves when you knew that I would traumatize an eight-year-old? You're like, oh my God, get me off. And you're like, this is get off my stage. Get off my porch, girl. You're being ridiculous. I was like, get off my porch. Um, I, my I stage is what I was going to say. Get off my stage. Exit <laughs> stage left. I thought you were going to say dick. And then for some reason, and you said no, stick. No, stage is what I was going to say. Okay, I'm going to So um, <laughs> let me go into uh, Michael. Now, here's the thing. For some reason, during this docuseries, we're going to, one of the horrible things we're going to have to keep hearing about is... Obviously, the entire Christian faith that is like a weird, dark back back character of this. Like it happens a lot between the mans, and it's going to happen later on with Natalia. But also, there's a cross with her name, middle name Grace, in it. And Michael mm -hmm. is like, I still pray to that cross. Never forget. Cross. Yeah. So um, now, obviously, okay. Michael wants to apologize to Natalia directly. Um, and he, he feels, and in Christine's, you know, like dissertation, a certain amount of guilt for certain things. And it's sort of driven him to a mental anguish as it, should. As it should. Um, so we see a lot of that. Um, okay. Who's Ken yeah. Blackwell? Classic. Okay. You, 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 I, these are your notes. And so will you take this over? <laughs> i don't know i want you part. to continue no, this is horrible. <laughs> no so he feels like that he is a devil to a certain perspective um and so then we meet clint ba ken blackwell who is a detective and from him he's like this is a classic whodunit um and then it turns into a how and a why so then he's like we've got a disabled nine-year-old left in a dangerous neighborhood while they are in canada and her walker and her shoes are taken. We don't ever get any clarification why her walker and her shoes are taken. Um, I'm like, what shoes? The the $30,000 shoes? Did she have them then? Because I don't recall them 
I don't recall those thick black shoes when she was with the Barnett's. I thought she was just wearing like regular shoes. I'm not sure. Um, and so then, and then they're like, they dropped her off and then they were around for three months. And then after that, they never saw her again. So then we have a scene where she is with Cynthia Manns and they're in the neighborhood sitting on the steps, like just reminiscing when she was living there. Don't forget the Manns is they lived in that neighborhood too. Because that's how she ran into Cynthia Manns. It's like they lived in that, she lived in that apartment for three months. So she lived on the second floor by herself. And then all of a sudden she disappeared and they started to realize that someone was using her EBT card and that was Cynthia Manns. And then that's when the Barnett's were like, someone is using her card. They're taking whatever. And so then the Barnett's tried to like go for the Manses and the Manses is like, you abandoned her. We're taking care of her. So yeah, we're going to use her EBT. What are you talking about? Um, so anyways, that's, that's from season one. But, uh, and while they're sitting there filming, they hear pop. And then Cynthia's like, oh, that's a gunshot. And then they're the producer, like, really? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's a gunshot. But it's not one block over. It was two block over. So we realized that, of course, she ain't new to this. She true to this, Miss Cynthia Manns. Um, and then, then, <laughs> then they're still talking again. Now there's a <laughs> it's gunshots, gunshots. And they're like, we got to get out of here. Um, and so then we we skip over to um, Michael and he talks about his time in Canada. So while they're in Canada, after they've completely abandoned her with and, and at some point for like a couple of weeks without electricity, um, they're driving down the highway and it is uh, the boys and the whole family in the car, except for Natalia, they're in Canada. And he says that Christine is yelling at him. Now, I don't know how loud, but for him, it's like the highest decibel that he could possibly handle because the way he describes it is that she's screaming and yelling. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know, maybe the kids are just immune to it, but uh, she's screaming and yelling. And at some point he's like, stop it or I'll kill you. Um, you know, leave me alone or I'll shut up or I'll kill you. And she stops yelling, starts recording while he's saying, shut up or I'll kill you. And which, listen, in context, out of context is a crazy ass thing to say. Period. Point blank. I don't care if the person says it back to you. The fact that even anyone would ever have a sound bite of you saying that means that you should get out of that relationship. So there's that. Shut up or I'll kill you. She catches that on record. And then if hit, her saying... And the kids. Yeah, the boys are in the car too. So she catches that on re recording and then her being like, boys, your father, something, something, something um, in the recording too. And then she goes to the police with that as well as a, a therapist and then gets effectively gets a restraining order against Michael and takes his kids from him in Canada. So like checkmate, like Michael is so stupid to me. Like you are so dumb. The police are looking for you, and we gonna find you. Like I mean, uh, I'm sorry. That was um, uh, <laughs> what's his name, Dobson from uh from back in the day when we uh you repping up here, raping everybody. We gonna find you, anyways. So he's dumb. The fact that he would even say those words in front of her when she is a master at her craft, and he is a dodo head. For him saying it, and he's like, I read it. Um, I shouldn't have said it. And she took my kids from me. I'll never see Westerly and Princeton again. Me and Jacob since then have, have patched things up. Um, and I'm like, I don't feel sorry for you at all. I don't feel sorry for Michael because he's an adult. He was an adult in this whole thing and he didn't take matters into his own hand and he didn't grab hold of his life. And he did something to Christine that allowed her to get the upper hand in a situation. 
and he said those words to her in front of his children and allowed her to record it that's what he gets so i i agree and you put you you also brought up a fabulous point they were in cahoots with all the things that happened with Natalia before. Like they have text messages of them rejoicing when she's re-aged and blah, 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 and blah, 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 almost in a way where we think of them as being manipulative, like dangerous liaison kind of, you know, like two master manipulating people, like trying to fuck someone else up, Natalia, for their own benefit and like regaling and their wins over this person. Like, so for Michael to then realize that he's not precious, that he's a pawn too, and that Christine is the one moving the pieces is like, that's why we have no empathy for him because now he wants to so badly be like, I didn't know, or you know, whatever he's the next when we open up. She's the monster. Yeah, we both had the evil. We we both had the same monster. You know, like the thing about it is, no, you were you you were also a monster, Natalia. So yes, she had a whole monster now that you know, but you helped that fucking monster, and you were a monster. So like, and you get it right publicly. So that's like where, yeah. So that's also very, very difficult. And again, it's it's annoying also because we never get to hear from Christine. And so we can't put all our blame on her. Like, we're like, there's no one to put our blame there. It's a fucking ghost. It's a like Casper, you know? Like, yeah. and she is that white and she is that blonde and she is oh that like God, pale. Yeah, she sick. is a Casper. Yeah, I mean, Casper. she looks crazy. All these pictures, she looks fucking nana. She I takes mean, the worst like angled pictures. They're just bad angles. Um, and she doesn't know yet because it's like the beginning of social media when she's taking these pictures now. Um, and she's still being on Facebook, which is like, Ugh. so uh, now she, he has to then come back to the U.S because he can't be around his family anymore because he's a danger to them. She divorces him and she takes all the money. It's She's like, this is my money. I wrote that book. I did everything. You did nothing. Okay. You mm-hmm. went to work as a salesman. I stayed at home and made the millions. I am who I am and you are nothing. Thank you. Well, and so well, actually, I'll she, tell you who you are. You're the person that's going to have to be stuck with Natalia. If, if for any reason she's needs anything, cause you're the one in America and you can't yeah. come here and I can't, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, she completely. So as far as we know, she's still in Canada. With them two boys. I don't know. But as far as we know, based on this, that's where she's at. So Yeah, but in real life, we, it's in Florida. Oh, okay. So then now we have... Florida. Okay. So then we have a scene um, where Natalia, uh, at the end of this one, where, where she doesn't... Her, her biological mother has now found all of this out. We find out in season one, right? That Natalia was uh, abused and not taken well care of and whatnot. So... Uh, and, and Natalia's birth mother seems like annoyed with this whole situation like when the camera's first looking for her she's like i i gave that baby up she wasn't gonna have a good life with me okay um and it also feels kind of nefarious her adoption because she didn't even know that natalia was going to the america um but she does want to meet natalia now that she knows this camera crew is doing stuff and whatever and natalia's like no thanks i don't want to meet her so that's where we end on episode four and that's where we end this podcast right now Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so if you guys want to see the visuals of what you've been listening to right now, um, you can join us on patreon.com slash docusweeties. Um, that's $10 a month. And uh, on patreon.com slash docusweeties for $10 a month, you get exclusive content, including a live every first Monday of the month. All right, my loves. Well, thank you so much. If you want to follow us, you absolutely can at docusweeties on Instagram at docusweeties on TikTok at docusweeties one on X and the Facebook group the DocuSweeties Podcast Facebook group. Thank you so much. We love you so much and we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye.